Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God, God now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you all are surrounded. All the desires of and from you must be preserved. Let the thoughts of our hearts, by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Light of the world, in grace and beauty, mirror of God's eternal face, transparent flame of love's free duty, you bring salvation to our human race. Sacred mystery, we light the first candle of Advent for hope and truth. God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness, put upon us the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life and work. Through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, now and forever. As you're being seated, our children are invited to Children's Chapel with Mr. Alex. A reading from Isaiah. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, Redeeming One. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away. Then you comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not fear. For Yah, she who is, God is my strength 
and my might has become my salvation. Then you shall, you shall with joy draw water from the wells of salvation, and you shall say in that day, Give thanks to the God of our salvation, call on God's name, acclaim God's deeds among nations, make known that God's name is exalted. Sing praises to the mighty God who has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 65, we will read responsibly by the half verse. To you in silence is praise, God in Zion. As you shall be performed. You who answer prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Through wondrous deeds, your answer you answer us with deliverance, O God of our salvation. Above all the ends of the earth and of the part of the seas, you establish the mountains through your might. You are early with strength, the one who silences the roaring of the seas. The roaring of their waves, the rumble of the peoples. They who live in the farthest reaches are awed by your signs. You attend the earth and water her. You enrich her greatly. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain that thus you have established it. Irrigating earth's furrows, smoothing her ridges. Softening her with showers and blessing her growth. You crown the year with your goodness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. And with joy the hills gird themselves. The meadows are clothed with flocks, the valleys arrayed in grain. Indeed, they shall with joy. Faith, to the Jew first, and even to the Greek. 
For the righteousness of God is revealed in it through faith for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faithfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it was written in the prophets, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Holy One, make straight the paths. John the baptizer was in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People from all over the Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was wearing camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, There is one coming after me who is more powerful than, than am I, whose sandal thongs I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you in water, but that one? will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And it was in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was rising up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit suddenly drove Jesus out into the wilderness, he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ.
changes to talk about. Decent old change. By the way, happy church new year. It begins today. Uh, the rest of us have another, uh, whatever it is, 28 days till it's our secular new year. But church new year begins today because we have to make time to get ready for Christmas. Before we talk about that, though, I do want to mention to you, normally we use, for the last eight and a half years, we've used something called the Revised Common Lectionary. It's a three-year cycle with years A, B, and C. And about two years ago, one of the priests in the Episcopal Church named Will McGaffney put together a different, it's a parallel lectionary called a Women's Lectionary for the Entire Church Year. This is uh, made by Church Publishing. It is distributed by Church Publishing, and we will be using it this year. So if you're wondering, these readings, I'm used to Advent 1 with the Son of Man coming on the clouds to judge the whole world. I mean, if you've really been around for a while, that's reading number one. We didn't read that today. We will read it. This year, when we read Mark, we're still in Mark year B. But the women's lectionary is a little bit different foray through the lectionary, and it's meant to give us some more uh, stories about prominent women in the Bible, feminine images of God in the Psalms and the prophets. And so we're going to try it this year. So I just want to prepare you. It will be different from the RCL that you're used to, and I hope you'll enjoy it for what it is. What else is different? Well, the hangings. And blue is this Advent color, but you know, really, it's Marian blue, because we can't just have regular old blue in the church. That sounds really normal. And we have to remember that even though on the flannel board you see Mary wearing blue, she didn't own a single blue thing. Because blue fabric costs more than it than gold. And Mary, we understand, was not economically advantaged. So Blue is a theological color. It's not a historical color. The royalty of Mary and the royalty of preparation. If you've been to other churches, Roman, Episcopal, Lutheran, uh, some Presbyterian churches uh, that maintain this ancient tradition of colors, you might see purple instead of blue. Purple, which is also a color of royalty. Purple and blue come from the same dye sack of a crustacean off the coast of Phoenicia, which is why it was so expensive in the ancient world that only royalty could have it. Uh, we do purple during Lent because it's a penitential season to prepare for the coming of the king. But turns out Lent is also penitential season light. Uh, we use blue because it's a little softer than purple, but the earliest liturgy of the church, right, you do Lent to prepare for Easter. We do Advent to prepare for Christmas. Penitential light. Because we're called to get ready. Advent means coming. And every year when I ask day school kids, hey, who's coming on Christmas Day? The answer is Santa Claus. And that might be true in your home, but hopefully universally true is that it is Jesus, the Christ child, who's coming. And we are called to prepare for his coming. He will not need a stroller this year, uh, nor will he need a car seat. That happened. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the donkey equivalent of a car seat is. Probably Mary just held it. Um, he doesn't need that stuff. What we realize is to be prepared for Christ to come in his full glory and his embodiment in a dirty trough, to be ready for that. We don't need diapers. We need hope, peace, joy, 
and love. Joy being the rose candle. We don't call it pink because we've got to have fancy words in the church. Um, by the way, we did this last year. And you already know, if there's a next year, we'll do it then too. Because between this year and last, don't you perceive we could really use some hope in the world? Let alone peace. And I'm not just talking about in the Middle East. How about joy? Sometimes when I listen to the radio and elected officials, regular people in the street, when I listen to myself, we could probably use a little more love. Don't you suspect? We're called to culture to cultivate those virtues. So when Christ comes, not only will he have a ready welcome, we'll be ready for him. Good news, he's coming even if you don't. <laughs> this is kind of what we celebrate. The magic works whether you participate in it or not. It's just, frankly, more fun when you're ready. We're supposed to talk about hope today. Let me tell you what I often hope for. I often hope that when people RSVP, they will show up. I do. I also, also hope people will RSVP. I hope that things will not be uncomfortable. Like, you know, I'm a long-distance runner, and I hope I don't have to stretch or roll out muscle groups, because I don't like doing it. It just feels like extra time, and I'd rather just run and be done. So I hope I can just go out and run and feel good about it, and it won't be painful, and my legs won't be tired, and I'll feel like it. I hope for that. I hope when I'm going downtown Houston... On Wednesday at 10.30 in the morning, there won't be a traffic jam because there shouldn't be. And I hope what you're hearing is, it's funny, in English we use these words interchangeably, there's no hope in any of that. That's just wishing. This is what I want. Some of the stuff I want is probably good, you know? Like, I, I want to be able to go to Israel on a pilgrimage the diocese is paying for. I planned that. We were supposed to go in January. And what do you know? I don't get my wish this year. Of course, we all understand there's bigger problems than mine in Israel. Now, usually we talk so much about hope as if it was what we just want to be true, what we wish for that we forget that hope is a holier word than that. What we forget, I think, more often than not, is that the things God hopes for sometimes aren't very comfortable. You know, a lot of times we talk about how we feel certain ways, and really when we use that word feeling, we don't feel that at all. It's just a thought loop that we have in our head that we've nurtured for years. So I have these thought loops in my head that are not always super productive. Like sometimes a child will say something that's very innocent, and instead I'll hear it as a challenge to my parental authority. So I need to do something to put them in their right spot. Or sometimes people might have a suggestion like, hey, what if we did this particular thing this year? And I might hear it as criticism. I hope you know what I'm talking about. And when I'm like, my head's screwed on correctly, I'm able to say, you know, I don't know what their intention was. I know what I perceived it to be. 
And I perceived it to be critical and negative. And boy, that is not life-giving for me or them to be defensive in a snap moment. Does anybody... I want to down raise your hand. I hope I'm not the only one with thought loops like this. Or thought loops like, ugh, I didn't, I didn't exercise today. Ugh, I just feel so terrible and I'm ugly and I can't go by the mirror. I don't know if anybody has thought loops like that. And we realize in a moment sometimes those thought loops are not helpful. And what would it take to change them? And what I hope is it would take a pill. I hope I could just take one pill and then my thought loops would be like good and life-giving. You know, I would even take a shot. I would even take a shot. I would even drink Sure Prep if that would do it. That's for people over the age of 40. Look, I'm dating myself. Anybody had Sure Prep? No one looked forward to that, right? We hope there won't be an accident. Like, those are the kinds we hope for, right? I hope it'll be easy to change. And the truth is, it isn't. I hope that's okay to say. Because I wish change would be convenient and God understands it never is or it wouldn't be worth doing anyway. And this is part of why we so often forget Advent is a semi-penitential season is because we're busy with like the glitter and the lights and everything's supposed to be nice and families are supposed to to come together without any conflict and say thank you for everything. Does that ever happen? But it's supposed to and we hope it will. Which means we wish it would. And here, right off the bat, this is how Mark begins the gospel of good news. With a little bit of what semi-penitential hope looks like. There's this guy called John. And look, I'm not going to encourage you to do this. He wears a camel skin, right? Anybody petted a camel before? I'm just curious. I have petted a camel. It's not soft like my dog. It's like coarse, like a brillo pad. And John is wearing the hair against his skin. He's not wearing the leather on his skin. He's wearing the hair. Not because he's some kind of flagellant, but because that's a reminder to him every time it itches, which is like ten times a second, that maybe he could trade what he wishes for for what God hopes for. You might do this with a string on your finger. (laughs) That's how we used to do it, right? You might do this with an alarm on your phone. Am I wishing or hoping right now? John did it with this physical reminder. And he said this really interesting thing. I baptize people with water, and there's one coming after me who is more important and more powerful who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And if you've read Mark and Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew and Luke, Mark's the earliest gospel. It's the first one. It's the shortest. Matthew and Luke, they liked Mark's ideas, but they thought he could use a little work. They add another little phrase. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with and with fire. Look at that. Jim gets a gold star. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with that. Yeah, and with fire. Mark doesn't put that in there. Now, I almost wish Mark had put it in, and I'll tell you why I think Matthew and Luke do put it in, because Mark's going to do what I'm going to say anyway. What does it mean to be baptized with fire? We often uh, get this wrong when we read the Bible because since Dante Alighieri and John Milton, we think fire is a terrible punishment eternally in hell for when you make God not happy. That's just frankly not biblical. Uh, Fire in the Bible shows up as an image of of cleansing, of alchemy, 
of taking a semi-precious metal and making it precious by heating it to the point you can remove the dross. Um, so this is not a symbol of torture, it's a symbol of purification because God knows if we could burn the dross out of our lives, we'd enjoy them more. And we would be more enjoyable to be around. And John says, I'm going to get you in the water, but the thing you really want is to be baptized with fire. On most days, I don't want that. Most days, heck, there's no day where I want to be baptized with fire. I want to take the pill. I want the shots. I'd even take a surgery if it could just be done. I don't want to meditate for an hour a day to reprogram thought loops that I have calcified from terrible habit for the last 40-some years. I don't want to do that. That's baptism with fire. I don't want to write out journal entries about why I'm still, uh, you know, sort of nursing uh, regrets and negativity against certain members of my family who hurt my feelings a long time ago, and I'm sure they haven't changed because they never said I'm sorry. I don't want to do that because it's painful. It takes time, which I often feel like I don't have any of that anyway. God hopes I will do that. I hope you hear that. God hopes I and you will do that. Not so you'll be more lovable, so that you can receive the love that's already there. Advent is this time. Oh, by the way, why do I think Mark believes in baptism with fire even though he didn't say it? Because you notice the first thing Jesus does, he hears this voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved. With you, I'm well pleased. Boy, that sounds like a pill, doesn't it? That sounds like a really good pill I would love to take. And then you notice what happens as soon as he hears that? He goes to the desert for 40 days and gets tempted, which is called being baptized with fire. He's tempted to hear this thing, which which is, I want you to hear this too. God loves you so much, you can't do anything to make God love you anymore. And you can't do anything to make God love you less. Jesus hears that, and then he has to sweat that into his bones for 40 days. Because he's a human being like you and me, and pills don't change our brain. Our brain changes with work, and with faith, and with love. And if we're lucky, with time. That's a baptism of fire. I don't want it. I don't wish for it. And God hopes I'll do it. Now, I had a parishioner, this is really lovely, you know, sometimes you meet people who think differently from you, and it's so splendid. And I know this is going to sound maybe a little bit different because it's not traditional, but, but I love this thought. This person told me, you know, I just sort of think before we're born, we're trying to figure out what it is we need so we can be more, more fully ourselves. And we say, God, I want those parents. <laughs> I want those ones. Uh, this problem at work, I need that problem, God. I want to be born in a life where I have that problem so that I can be baptized with fire and come out the other side and not have that problem anymore. That may sound a little bit kooky. There's something lovely about it, isn't it? There's something lovely to think that the things that are most vexing for me in my work life and my home life are actually opportunities for me to burn the dross off of myself. 
So instead of I said, I don't want to do that. I'm a tired person. I hate going. What if I said, here's an opportunity. I'm going to burn off some dross. Now, I'm not a physicist, but here's what I do understand. is that those thought loops that don't go anywhere that I know aren't helping me, but boy, I don't know how to get out of. I put a lot of energy into those. Like, energy siphons off of my soul to go into those thought loops. And, uh, you know, if we could be baptized with fire, if we could ignite those thought loops, we'd probably produce a whole lot of light. And this happens during a dark time of the year under the four electric lights, right? Like it's going to get dark at 5 o'clock today, pretty much, right? So that's like three extra hours where the world's going to be dark, where if I could burn some unhealthy thought loops off, I could light up the world. Join me as we pray our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, life from life, true God from true God.
our sins against God and our neighbor. <coughs> God of all mercy, we can confess that we have sinned against you, and because of your will and our lives, we have denied the goodness of each other and ourselves and in the world we have created. We repent the evil that has plagued us, the evil that we have done, and the evil done on our
morning and thank you for worshiping with us at St. Thomas today. If you're new to us or haven't done this before, uh, we have these little cards in the room right behind the one we're sitting in uh, that say welcome, and we'd be tremendously grateful if you would fill one of those out and put it in the little blue basket. Since COVID, we stopped passing plates, so we do offerings and we do visitor cards in that same blue basket right out there. And if you don't want a phone call, don't check that box, you want, but we would be very grateful if you'd fill a card out so we have a record of your visit. And thanks for worshiping with us here today. Uh, there are several announcements I want to call your attention to, but it's the first Sunday in December. So if you were born this month in December, I would be grateful to invite you forward so that we can celebrate your birthday and ask God's blessing on the next year. And Jesus was born too, uh, so there's at least one birthday. Uh, as you make it your way up, we share our name, and the day of our birth, and either where we were born, when we were born, or both of those. Idris Sample, December 19th, 
two weeks from today, the 11th, that's a week from tomorrow, a week from Monday, our last group, that stands for Bacchanalian ladies in St. Thomas, by the way. Uh, these are ladies who get together for a dinner, uh, for a dinner social, and this time there's a little bit of a service component attached in, in gift giving. That'll be on Monday, December the 11th at the Sundance Grill, and it begins at 5.30. Uh, I mean, that's actually all you need to know. But if you want to talk to somebody about it, uh, Ellen Cook, Jamie, James Flynn, hey, talk to one of the ladies at St. Thomas, they'll tell you what to do. Uh, or just talk to me, and, and I won't go, but I'll tell you how to get there. Uh, okay, two weeks from today, Bishop Hector Monterosso, our regional bishop, will be here at 1030. Uh, so we won't be here at 8. This is the annual visit we get from a bishop, and we'll be doing 11 confirmations or receptions. If you're interested in being baptized that day, talk to me as well. We're doing baptism that day, but Bishop Hector will, will be here, and uh, he's just a lovely man. He really is a lovely man, so I hope you'll you'll have an opportunity to get to see him because he exudes warmth and friendliness. Later that evening, on the 17th, is a, is a more kind of contemplative service we put on called the Longest Night. It's a service that honestly tries to acknowledge that sometimes the interior doesn't match the exterior of the holiday celebration. So it's a, room, a service that makes room um, deeply for grief and loss and anxiety and, and mourning and doubt. So uh, usually very small, usually not well lit, uh, so you can have some anonymity and some honesty. Uh, and that service will be at 4.30 p.m. Again, we call it the longest night. Uh, the last thing I want to tell you about is the Christmas Eve schedule. You know, this happens every few years that Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday. So on Christmas Eve, there's four opportunities to worship. We'll have an Advent 4 service at 9 o'clock. So not 8 or 10, one morning service. And there will be no Eucharist. It will be morning prayer uh, with the readings and a sermon. That we won't have the Eucharist at night. Nor will the choir be there. Then at 3.30, there'll be a family-friendly Christmas Eve servant service with a spontaneous Christmas pageant. So if you come by 3.20, you can get a costume and be part of the living activity. And that service is usually very fun and sometimes interesting. <laughs> but it's lovely. It's lovely. That's 3.30. At 5 o'clock will be a more traditional uh, Christmas service. The choir will be here along with a harp. Uh, then at 9 p.m., we'll have a carol sing. The choir will sing some carols. We'll be invited to join some. The harp will play. And the midnight mass starts at 9.30 because it's midnight somewhere. So if you come at 9.30 to midnight mass, following that, there'll be champagne and chocolate as a reception in the hallway. And on Christmas Day, there are no services. So that's our service schedule. You'll see it in the emails. Uh, you'll see it on the website. But it's good to hear it and kind of think through your, your preparations for Christmas. Last thing, which is really great, this has been done for a little bit, but I just keep forgetting to acknowledge it. You know, every year, uh, to, to make sure we are good stewards with the gifts that are given to us, we perform an audit of the books and an audit of the controls of the books. And uh, if we were to do this with an external agency, it would cost us $20,000. So typically, we recruit parish volunteers to do this if we can. 
And we did. And so the two auditors who fully audited for us were Barbara Gaines and Christopher Curran. They both attend a worship at 8 o'clock. But this was sort of a lovely gift that they gave us because if you've ever worked with audits, sometimes they're not that great. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes they'll say we found very few irregularities. What's great about an internal audit is that people know that we do and they want to protect what we do. And so they give us more than that. So Barbara and Christopher worked very faithfully over the summer and early fall to put this together, both income and expenses. And I'm glad to tell you there were no irregularities. But they did have recommendations about how we can track things better in the future, which is always what we love to get. Uh, So if you see Barbara or Christopher, if you don't know what they look like, that's why we have a parish directory. Or you could say, who are those people? I want to thank them. I would love to point them out to you. But this is a gift that they give to all of us, is protecting our stewardship. And it is really worth recognizing because they spent like 100 hours doing it. Continue to walk in love. As Christ first loved us, he gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Come and be, O Lord. And I this is the table, not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time or ever before. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Not because the church invites you, it is Christ. And he invites you to meet him here. Our service continues on page 333 of your red prayer book. Page 333.
should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father Almighty, everlasting God. Because thou didst send thy beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death, to make us heirs in him of everlasting life. That when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and singing.
although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us speak the peace. Hallelujah. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Feed on them in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Let's pray together. Almighty and ever-living God, we both part of the pandemic that has allowed us to feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Christ, thy Son, and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we sure as thereby of thy labor and good towards and that we are very members of your glory in the physical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs to hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship, and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Take your encouragement from Christ, that your joy may be complete. We will share in the Spirit, we will find consolation in love. Practice a ministry of humility and compassion, for God is at work in you, empowering you. We will welcome Christ into our hearts. We will live lives worthy of God's gospel. We will go forth in hope and in peace.
to love and serve the Lord.